In today's episode, we talk a lot about self-love and finding your purpose. One of the ways that I show myself love the best is by going to see a therapist or a coach when I'm feeling off. That's why I'm teaming up with Quarter Life Center to help young adult listeners find their peace. If you're feeling confused and need someone to talk to, Quarter Life Center has offered a free 15-minute coaching session to all young adult audience members to decide if coaching is right for you. Just go to their website, quarterlifecenter.com, and use code YOUNGADULT2022 to book your free coaching session. Young adulthood is confusing. Navigating the beginning of your career, exploring relationships, and trying to find a balance isn't easy. I'm Allie Dietz, and you're listening to Young Adult Path to Progress. My mission is to help young adults feel a little bit less alone, a little bit less confused, and hopefully inspired by the conversations they hear on this podcast. Welcome to my path. I hope I can help you find peace in yours. Welcome back for another episode of Young Adult Path to Progress. I'm Allie Dietz, and I am here with a dear friend of mine, a childhood best friend, Haley Decatur. Hi, Haley. Hi, Allie. Thank you so much for having me on today. Haley is, she is a nomad, or as her Instagram handle says, she is a gypsy. She is a friend of mine that I grew up with in Stafford. We were neighbors. We were inseparable. We used to go on trips together. We were literally like thick and thin. And when we graduated from high school, Haley took on, I mean, she's always loved the beach. She's always loved being around the ocean. She's a surfer. Her family lives, you know, some of her families in Florida. So she's grown up in that kind of environment. And since she graduated from high school in 2015, she has been traveling all over the world. Bali, you were at the Virgin Islands for a while, right? I was, yeah. Yeah. And she just, she'll go, basically, she'll come home and she'll work little stints with her dad who runs the Crab Shack in our hometown. And she'll work with him during the summer and then she'll go off for the winter and she'll live her dream in these different tropical locations and surfing and just, I mean, what you do, I I respect it so much. I could never have the courage to just go off on my own and explore the world in the way that you have. And it's so cool to see the way that Haley has just blossomed into the person that she's always been meant to be. Oh, thank you so much, (laughs) Allie. Yeah, of course. So I just want to get started I want you to explain your connection to the ocean and when you realize that traveling the world and being near the ocean is what you needed to do. Yeah, totally. So like you just mentioned, I was raised from a family just obsessed with the water. My whole dad's side of the family are all fishermen. My mom's side of the family, all surfers, just beach-loving, ocean-loving people. So I always had a super huge appreciation for the water and mother nature in general because of that. My dad would catch all of the food that we would eat. So we were eating everything that he caught, crabs, oysters, catfish, shrimp, whatever he was catching is what we were eating. So I was always so appreciative of mother nature and what it could provide for us. And then just being exposed to 
my mom's side of the family who just have the biggest passion for surfing and seeing my dad's passion for his work on the water just really allowed me to kind of develop my own connection and passion for the ocean and just water in general. Started surfing when I was super young. I was always on boards around my family members, but didn't get really passionate about it until I was about 12 years old, got my first board, started just getting so obsessed with surfing and surf movies and surf (laughs) magazines and just diving in. And that's when I decided that I wanted to just travel around the world and surf these different waves and experience all of these different places for myself. Because as you know, coming from the East Coast, we don't have the best waves in Virginia. There's waves, but (laughs) there are nothing like other places in the world. We would go to the Outer Banks and Haley would be the only kid out on the water trying to catch some waves. We were all, everyone else is like, I don't know. Like, what What are those things that you throw and then you jump on skimboards? Skimboards, yeah. Yeah, everyone thought that they were big and cool doing the skimboards. Then Haley shows up with a surfboard and shows us all up. Those <laughs> were so fun. So um, Haley, went, she did go to school in San Diego for a year. And then after a year there, right? Was it a full year? It was a year, yeah. So after a full year there, she kind of decided that that was not the path that she wanted to take. And I think that that's super important to acknowledge because, you know, you graduate from high school and you feel like that's the exact path that you need to take. And Haley is a perfect example of how it's not what you need to do. You can create a life for yourself doing what you want to do with, or, I mean, of course it matters what you're trying to do, but there's so much world out there and you don't have to go to college and get a degree in order to see it or to build a career for yourself that allows you to afford the lifestyle that you want. There are so many different paths that you can take. And Haley's is definitely one of the most unique paths that I have seen. I think that one of the things that I'm most interested in Haley is how you found the courage as a young female with blonde hair, beautiful female to go off to these. I mean, I would be so terrified, but you found the courage to go out to these foreign countries, travel the world on your own and just experience everything that this world has to offer. Yeah, it's definitely been, it's scary no matter what. I'm super thankful that I come from a super supportive family. My mom has always really, really stressed the importance of getting out and seeing the world and pushing for your dreams, no matter how scary that may be. And so I think what's kind of gotten me through those scary moments is understanding, okay, the fear is going to be there no matter what, and just feeling the fear and going anyway, and really prioritizing my dreams and what's important to me and not really giving myself a plan B or an option to back out of that is kind of what kept me going. Just knowing that all of the magic happens outside of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And so accepting the idea that it's going to be scary, but you just have to feel the fear and go anyway. And I find a lot of comfort in community and the people around me. So just really connecting with whoever I'm around in that moment, whether it's a best friend that I've made out here in Bali or whether it's the person working at the coffee shop down the street, just really finding comfort in the people that I'm around. 
Can you detail a moment or have you experienced a moment where you have been scared in a foreign country and you have had to, of course, tap into the street smarts that you were raised with and detailing what that experience was and then what you did to kind of make sure that you got back to safety? Because for anybody who is a nomad like you, who wants to travel the world, I think you run into or could potentially run into these, you know, moments that are a little bit less comfortable than what you would experience here in the States. And it's important to know how to protect yourself and keep yourself safe if you are traveling. Absolutely. There are endless examples I could give on moments that I've just felt so scared and so uncomfortable. But a really, really big one was a few years ago, I went to Taiwan and I didn't know much about Taiwan culture at all. I found this really, really rad surf camp there and they offered for me to teach surf lessons and stay there in exchange for accommodation and some food. And so I went not knowing much about the country. And, you know, when you travel to a foreign place before you go, you plan everything. You have your flights and your train tickets and you know, I'm going to go here. I'm going to stop at this place. You have it all planned. But like anything else in life, the unexpected happens. And so I go to the train station. I just arrived and the train that I had planned on taking was fully booked. And I was terrified because that was the last train of the day. And I had to get to the surf camp, which was like a seven hour train right on the other side of Taiwan. And I realized everything is in Chinese. I don't, I don't speak Chinese. I don't. (laughs) it's not even like letters that you can try to make out and try to spell out the word. It's like full-blown Chinese characters. And, you know, not many people at the train station were able to speak English. And I just kept showing them the characters that I had written out of like the train that I wanted. And they just kept saying, no, no, it's full, it's full. And I was in tears crying. I'm like, please, I'll stand. I don't need a seat. They had no idea what I was saying. It's a massive disconnect because of the language barrier. And... And so I went into the bathroom sobbing. Well, first I walked to the middle of the train station floor and I just sat there with all my like papers and everything I had planned in front of me, all my documents. And I just sobbing uncontrollably. And like you said, blonde, white skinned girl (laughs) train station in Taiwan, just sobbing, everyone staring at me. And I'm, you know, I just had a moment of like, what am I doing? What, how am I going to get out of this situation? And so I went to the bathroom and it was a train station, super dirty bathroom. And I was sobbing. I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like a crazy person talking out <laughs> loud. And I'm like, you don't have another option. Like you have to figure this out. Get over it. Like now you have to make a freaking plan, chick. Like, come on. You can't just sit and cry in the, train, in the train station for hours. So I walked around the train station and I was just asking if anybody speak English, anybody speak English, I need help. I need help, please. I need help figuring out my train ticket. And I found someone who spoke English and they went up to the counter and basic, I have no idea what they said, but they somehow managed to get me a seat on this train. And that experience really, really taught me that, I don't know, there's so many good people in the world and I just felt so safe and connected. And I think that's why I find comfort in people now, because I think genuinely people are really good and really want to help. And, and that like, that situation and so many other examples. I don't know how I would have gotten through that 
hard time if I hadn't had the people around me that were willing to just help a complete stranger. You know, it's so cool too to hear a story like that and what you're saying about how people innately are good people and want to help. Because I feel like in the world that we live in and, you know, everything that you see on the news being so negative, we see more of the bad than we do stories like that, that show the light of what humanity is. And it's so important when you are taking leaps of faith like this and going out into the world to remember that people are going to want to be there. Like I I remember growing up in our neighborhood and for me, I always, if my parents like went out of town and I was home alone or whatever, this was like, you know, when I was in middle school, high school, I would feel comfort knowing that my neighbors would be there to help me. So it's absolutely it's so nice to hear that even though you may not have, you know, roots in a place or, you know, a home in a space, but you still have found that neighborly, you know, love in other people who are there to help you. I feel like this story, even though you say this was like one of the most scary things that you have experienced, I feel like it also just like turned out to be a really good experience for you and probably a huge lesson learned for you. I want to hear two things. I want to hear one, what your biggest lesson in all of your travels has been and two, what the best experience in all of your travels has been. I'm so grateful for so many different experiences. I feel like I want to answer both of those questions related to recent times just because I'm so where I'm at mentally right now. I'm just so grateful for everything. So Mm -hmm. literally every day feels just like such a blessing and I'm like, oh, this is just the best ever every day. My biggest lesson I've learned is maybe not to get too attached to any outcome, to just kind of go with the flow and allow whatever presents itself to present itself. I feel like if you attach yourself to a certain outcome, then it sets an expectation. Mm -hmm. And then the more expectations you set, the more room there is for letdown and disappointment. And so just, I've kind of learned to just go with the flow and appreciate everything for what it is and understand that things might not always work out in the exact way that you think they will, but allowing that different outcome to occur can sometimes lead to the most beautiful, unexpected experiences ever. All of like the top experiences I can think of are just related to the people that I was with in those moments. It's, it's not the big extravagant ones, like seeing the Grand Canyon. It's like the little moments, like a bonfire on the beach with people that I met surfing and we're just laughing, like uncontrolled. We can't even breathe. We're laughing so hard, rolling around in the sand, just really enjoying each other's presence. I think it always goes back to the people. What I think is so cool of the experience that you're getting is all of these different perspectives that you are able to learn from, from all of these people that you're meeting from all over the world. Oh, I could not agree more with that. When I went to Elon, one of my favorite things to come out of it was all the perspectives, because before that I had only known you know, people from Stafford. So I didn't have a life where I was around people who had different perspectives because we were all in this little bubble of Stafford, Virginia. And when I went to Elon, that expanded my mind in so many different ways. 
But like still, it's such a small comparison to the world that you are stepping into and the amount of people and cultures that you have been introduced to. It's beautiful. It's really, really eye-opening to be exposed to so many different ways of life and outlooks on life and just different people, like you said, from all around the world. It's hands down the best part of traveling. It's such a cool way for you to be able to understand yourself better and grow as a human yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the questions that probably a lot of people listening to this I'm sure are wondering is how can you afford this lifestyle? I know I kind of tapped in at the beginning about how your dad runs the crab shack and you would go crabbing with him, but you're not doing that currently. So how have you been able to afford this lifestyle that you can up and move to Bali? Good question. So like you said before, I was working seasonally. So I would go home for the summers back to Virginia and run my own commercial crab boat. So we'll just go home for the season. Usually I would do it from about June to October. And then I would travel in the off season. And that worked for a while. I loved it. I love crabbing. I love being on the boat. I love being around my family. But when I'm crabbing, when you work seasonally like that, it's almost like I kind of felt like I was putting my life on hold for half of the year. And I was just, I was just a worker. I just, I would get up before sunrise and work all day long until the sunset. And yes, I loved what I was doing, but that wasn't my dream. That, that had nothing to do with my dreams. And so I eventually didn't want to just live my dreams half of the year. And so I started my own remote wellness business. I partner with an incredible wellness company that creates fitness programs, nutrition programs, meditation, supplements, all of that amazing stuff. And I have created my business alongside that company, teaching people how to establish a healthy wellness routine and also teaching people how to create their own remote wellness business alongside that company. So one of the things that I think is so cool, because I've never seen anybody who has taken a path similar to yours have the same success or the same level of success that you have had. So what do you think sets you apart from other people who partner with companies like the company you are partnered with? And how could other people find that same success? I think it kind of goes back to what I was saying in the beginning about having the courage Mm -hmm. to travel alone. It's just not giving yourself a plan B, knowing that this is what I'm putting my energy into. This is where my intention is going and not really allowing yourself to, I don't want to say fail, but not really allowing yourself to have another option. I think so many people, they don't pursue their dreams because they always have a backup plan. They always have a, oh, well, if that doesn't work, I'll just do this. And I feel like you kind of need that pressure of like, this is all, this is the only option I have is to do this and to get the results I want from it. I think when you have that mindset, you're kind of forced to show up and do the work that's required to be there. Do you feel like social media has played a role in your success as a wellness coach? Absolutely. Yeah. I get many of my clients through social media, probably majority of them are through social media, which is so amazing that I've been able to kind of create and build this community all around the world. 
um, because of social media. So that definitely plays a large role into my success. Yeah, it's cool. It's another way that you've been able to connect with all different types of people that you never would have before had it not been for social media and the wellness path that you're on yourself. Absolutely. That's my favorite part of my job is all of the incredible people from all around the world that it brings me to that I definitely would not have met prior. What is it about Bali? Because I know that you always say Bali is your favorite place and that's why you ended up there again. So what is it about Bali that draws you there? Yeah, I first came to Bali when I was 16 years old. My mom had a work conference in Singapore and she said, okay, I want to take you on a surf trip. She said, anywhere you want to go in Asia, I want to take you on a surf trip there. But I can't afford to pay for your flight. So if you can get a job and save up the money for a flight, I will take you anywhere you want to go in Asia. I'll meet you there. I'll pay for everything, food, accommodation. You just got to get out here to Asia. And so I got a job. And, you know, I'd been watching these surf movies since I was a kid. And Bali was in every single one of them. Just perfect. All these perfect waves and this beautiful culture and this incredible religion. And food looks super good. And so, of course, I was like, all right, I want to go to Bali. That's, that's my number one location in the world. And so I got a job, saved up a bunch of money, flew out here at 16. We spent two weeks here, and it was life-changing. I knew this is the end goal. Like, this is where I want to end up. This is where I want to live. Like, this is what feels like home to me. And so then I – we went home, obviously. <laughs> and then I saved up all my money, and I was graduating the next year. And after graduation, I came back out here for two months to teach English before moving to San Diego for school. And I remember calling my mom, sobbing and just being like, I can't do this. I cannot leave. Like, this is what feels like home. I don't want to go to school. I I just want to live here in Bali. And she was like, no way. (laughs) You're not doing that. Nice try, but you're coming home. So I came home, went to San Diego for a year, and then realized that just wasn't very aligned with me. I love learning. I love San Diego, but I just felt restricted. I wanted to travel. I wanted to keep seeing the world. I wanted to learn more outside of a textbook than you could inside of a textbook. And it was just kind of always in the back of my mind, like Bali was the end goal. Bali's where I wanted to be. Like I said before, the culture just completely captures my heart. The people are the most beautiful people in the entire world. Balinese Hinduism, I think, is one of the most beautiful religions and the most welcoming, inviting people I've ever met in my entire life. And it also is because the waves are the best in the world here. <laughs> Perfect every day. The weather is amazing. I can go on and on and on about why. This is my favorite place. So you're living there now. You're 24. And this is your, you say, your end goal. You're running yeah. your wellness business. You are surfing every day, you have created a schedule for yourself that allows you to do both the business and also go out and surf whenever you want. What kind of discipline does that take? What what helps you get there? I'm so thankful that the style of business that I have allows me to work remotely and to work from anywhere and choose my own hours and um, how much I want to put into the business. But I definitely have to learn how to find balance. I think the key to having the self-discipline and being able to live a life where you're 
playing just as much as you're working is balance. Before I came out here, I was working truthfully 10 to 12 hour days. And I feel like all I was doing was just working. I wanted so bad to just have enough to get out here and be comfortable, you know, with the visas and the flights. And it's expensive to get to the other side of the world. And then when I first got here, I was just in such a state of like celebration. Cause I was like, oh my God, I did it. I achieved it. I'm out here. And so I really wasn't working that much. And I'm, I'm fortunate that I've set up my business to where I could kind of step off the gas a little bit and focus on just doing what brings me joy. Uh, my business brings me a lot of joy, but in a different sense. And so now that I've kind of been here and it no longer feels like a vacation, now that this is kind of like my life, I've really, really had to find that balance. And truthfully, what works for me is balancing equal work and play. Because if I'm focusing just on surfing or just on hanging out with my friends, I'm not surfing good. I'm not truly enjoying the moment because I'm so stressed about the work that I need to get done. Mm-hmm. And also vice versa, if I'm putting all of my time into my work, I can't work effectively because I'm thinking about, man, I came out here to live my life, to surf, to hang out with friends, to go do things, to explore this beautiful country. So now that you have established yourself there, and like I said, you're so young, you're 24, but you call this your end goal. How long do you see yourself living in Bali? For a while, like for several months after being here, I was just like, shoot, what's next? Yeah. I don't know what I want anymore. This is everything I could ever want. I don't even want to take a deep breath because I don't want my life to change at all. Like, this is perfect. But Indonesia does feel the most like home. There's so many islands to explore in Indonesia. So I would love to keep Bali as my home base while still traveling and experiencing other parts of the world. I recently got my visa that allows me to stay for two years. So I'll definitely be here at least two more years. But I I don't see myself leaving anytime soon. Does it scare you that you are so far away from your family? Of course. That's the hardest part and especially with COVID and all of the restrictions that's it's super super difficult I'm so thankful that my family is so supportive and so thankful for FaceTime I FaceTime my family every day yeah the time zones alone that's really really difficult makes it very hard for 13 hours yeah Yeah. I mean when I was living in Los Angeles it was hard and that's only three hours it's difficult and it definitely plays a big role into, you know, how often I get to talk to them and communicate with them. But I, I almost feel like, you know, before this, I was living in Nashville and that right. was my home base. I was still traveling, but I talk to my family more now than I did when I lived one time zone away because I don't know. It's just now I feel like we appreciate it so much more. You know, I would never, my mom calls, I would never miss the call. I would never not pick up. It's like, oh, you doctor, she's so far away. So. <laughs> So when you first moved to Bali, and I know that you said that now it's not feeling like vacation anymore. When you first got there, the plan was for it to be vacation. And I feel like this is an important part of your story on how you got there and created a life there. That when you first went there, you were in a relationship and that relationship ended when you got there. Can you tell me a little bit about how that timing aligned and how being in this perfect space for who you are and what you want to be has helped you cope with what I'm sure was a very difficult time in your life. That it, This is a huge reason why I'm here, why I'm still loving my Bali life. 
like you said, I had initially planned to come out here for one to two months. I was starting a new business and the manufacturer for that business was located in Bali. And so the initial plan was just to come out here during production and then get the products and go back home to the States. But when I arrived here, pretty much immediately after arriving, the relationship that I had been building for the four years prior completely crumbled. So I think it's so common in relationships that we we shift the focus from ourselves onto our partner. Mm-hmm. And we don't really realize we're doing it when we do it. I had no idea that I had completely given up my passions and my dreams and everything that was important to me. I had taken the focus off of myself and I I put my dreams and everything on the back burner. That was fine in that period of my life because I was, you know, I thought I was building forever with someone. I thought that that's what I was the best thing to do because their dreams were more important or whatever, you know, false narrative we tell ourselves. But when I shifted that focus onto myself and I decided I wanted to start a new business and come out to Indonesia alone for the production, I realized that as soon as I got here, everything crumbled because that is not the dynamic that our relationship had and the relationship couldn't really handle me putting the focus on myself and not Mm -hmm. putting my everything into somebody else. And so I was in quarantine when that relationship ended and it was terrifying. I'd been in Indonesia for 24 hours at the time. And still now I believe we had to do, you have to do a quarantine in another part of Indonesia, Jakarta, and then you can fly to whatever island you need to go to. So I had to do a five-day quarantine before coming to Bali. And yeah, like I said, when I arrived into quarantine, the next day, the relationship ended and it was unexpected. And I just felt like the rug had been pulled out from under my feet. It was terrifying. And I felt like I had a moment where I was like, what did I just do? Everything that I had poured my everything into for four years like everything that I thought was forever was just taken away from me because I just decided to pursue a dream and so I thought oh my god why am I doing this like did I make the right choice was it even right of me to come out here should I have not been working on my dreams and so I was kind of faced with two options option number one I continue fighting for everything that I had just worked so hard for spent all this money to get out here for Or I continue putting myself on the back burner and go back and just kind of throw away all that money and courage that I had built up to come out here to make a relationship work. Mm -hmm. And I realized that it was no longer an option to to not prioritize myself anymore, to not put my dreams at the number one of my priority list. It was hands down one of the hardest things I've ever been through in my entire life. But I have nothing but the deepest most immense gratitude for the situation because I had no idea how far away from myself I had gotten, how far away from my dream life I had gotten. And so it really like skyrocketed me into this dream life. And had that not have happened, I would have turned around and went home after two months. And now I'm just so thankful because I'm living my dreams. I'm, I literally could not imagine a more aligned, perfect life for myself. First of all, you being in Nashville, I mean, Nashville's such a cool spot, a cool city to be in, but it's so, it it makes no sense for who you are. I mean, you're, you're a dope person. I know that you appreciate music, but you need to be by the ocean and everyone who knows you knows that both of you. 
have very big dreams and goals. And both of your dreams and goals require you to put your everything into it. And you need someone who can follow that path with you. Everyone goes through these types of issues in their relationships. And it's so important to continue to focus on yourself and continue. I mean, for me, I have to journal and get my space in order to realign myself with my goals. I mean, this is I'm in my first relationship ever right now. And this is definitely something him and I both have our passions that we want to follow. And it's so important for both of us to keep our headspace focused on our own passions, our own goals. This was before we even made it official, a conversation that we had that we both needed to be able to put our priorities first and just be there to support each other. Um, Yeah, I love that. And I feel like a lot of people, I mean, so far down into whether it be a marriage or whatever, whatever relationship you're in, you realize so far down the line after spending like 30 years with someone that you have completely lost yourself and you don't know who you are anymore. What advice do you have for anybody listening on how they can set themselves up for success so that they're not fully putting themselves into somebody else? And what would you do differently in the future to make sure that you're always aligned with what you want to be and putting yourself first? I would say just prioritizing your passions, whether it's you know, maybe you, you're in a new job or a relationship or whatever it is that could be kind of pulling you a little bit away from what you love, just making the time to do something that you love every single day. For me, like one of the journaling practices that I do often is I write a list of like what it is that makes me me. It's really helpful to kind of look back and like be reminded of like, oh, I enjoy this. I love doing this. Or this makes me who I am. Or this personality trait is a part of who I am. Because it's easy to kind of forget. And it's easy to slip away from yourself. Yeah. And so having those reminders of what it is that makes you you. And just exercising the things that you love every single day is, I think, the most important thing. Yeah, it's so, so important for you to always know who you are and to continue every day to assess what your actions are and make sure that they're aligning up with who you are and who you want to be, because there is nothing that hurts more than waking up one day and realizing that you have lost yourself and not know how to get back. It's the scariest, most painful thing. And I would say that was the hardest part about everything that I went through with my last relationship was like losing everything that you thought was forever. That's painful and it sucks. But like waking up in that hotel room in a foreign country, can't even leave the room and realizing like, oh, my God, I don't even know who I am anymore. I don't even know. Not only is everything that I've worked on, like building a life around gone, but I'm not even here anymore. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't even know what makes me me anymore. That was the hardest part was getting back in touch with myself and remembering who I am and kind of like, like I said, going through a rebirth, figuring out who I am. When you are in that space that you wake up one day and you realize you no longer know who you are or what you want. It's so important to give yourself distance from everything that you've been doing 
and just being able to reconnect with yourself, just shutting out the outside world and listening to your gut is so important. You're constantly posting on social media about the importance of journaling and of course your entire wellness routine and business highlights this all the time, but it really is so important to journal every day to remember who you are, where you're going. For my 25th birthday, Ryan and I went to a like in the hill country here in Texas. It's like a we slept in teepees. It was a very cool like little glamping spot that we went to. And I woke up, I woke up on my birthday, my 25th birthday, and it was raining and I could hear the rain hitting the the teepee, which was the most, you know, relaxing sound ever. And I went outside and I journaled about what I have done for the last, really, I think I narrowed it down to like the last five years since I started in my 20s, everything that I've learned and everything that I want to be by the time I'm 30 And having that point of reflection and then also looking forward to who I want to become, I feel like just set me on the perfect path going into 25 and, you know, getting me to that space of 30. And since then, every time I journal, I just, it just really sets you on a healthy path and is so, so important. So if anybody listening is, is feeling like you're stuck or you're lost and you no longer know who you are. I know that journaling, like you don't know what the fuck to write. Like 95% of the time you're like, I don't don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. (laughs) Just let yourself put whatever comes to mind. Just put it on paper. It doesn't have to be anything crazy or anything special. I promise you, you're going to shock yourself with what comes out. Absolutely. I would say it's one of the most grounding practices in my life. If you are someone who hasn't journaled before and you don't really know how to, it intimidates you in any kind of way. Haley, I mean, she just said that she has several different practices. She writes about, is it your goals or? So every day I write 10 things that I'm grateful for. And then I kind of set an intention for the day. That's kind of where I just do my like free flow journaling, just kind of get out whatever I need to get out. And then three affirmations. Um, And I write them as if they've already happened, which I believe I learned from Rachel Hollis. If I'm ever feeling like life's getting overwhelming or I'm just getting too consumed by work or whatever distractions, because life's freaking hectic. (laughs) And whenever I feel like I'm kind of drifting a little bit, a little bit too far from where I want to be, I'll just sit down and write all of the things that make me who I am, the things that I love, the things that excite me. And it can be as little as I love watching the sunrise at the beach or... I love to listen to the birds chirping when I'm like driving my motorbike or just little things. And then I also write like characteristics that make me who I am. I really liked what you said about how you wrote down everything that you wanted to achieve or be before 30. That's another thing that I do is I write down traits that I want to embody and things that I want to accomplish Mm -hmm. and then like what it would take to get there. And it could be simple stuff like, more supportive of friends. And so I'll write like, okay, if I want to be more supportive of friends, then I should be shopping local, buying uh, stuff from small businesses, stuff like that. So just kind of reminding myself of who I am and also who I want to become and where I want to be. 
setting out your intentions really is manifesting. And if you're able to reflect on who you are now, I promise you, you're going to find so many parts of yourself that you're grateful for, and you're going to find how strong you are as a human. And just that understanding can help you go forward into those intentions with so much confidence. And it's so important to be able to do that if you're ever feeling stuck or confused about who you are. Yeah, totally. Don't be afraid to connect with yourself. That's where all the beauty is. If you have any piece of advice that you want to share with people, like your biggest piece of wisdom that you think everyone needs to follow, uh, I want to leave a space open for you to say whatever it is that you feel we haven't touched on. Biggest bit of advice is to just trust in the process, trust in yourself and just go for it. Whatever wild dream you have or something that you've always been thinking of doing, just give it a try because you are so, so, so powerful and the universe is always on your side. It's always aligning for things to work out exactly how you want them to or exactly how you need them to rather. And so just go for it. doesn't matter how unconventional or how non-traditional your dreams look, how scary they are, how many people in society tell you that it's not going to work or it's not worth it or you're crazy. You know what's best, your soul knows exactly what you need in this life. And so if you feel it, you have a dream, you want to go for it, just go for it. Feel the fear, get out of your comfort zone because you truly, truly will blow yourself away by what you're capable of doing. And so I think it's important that everyone allows themselves to to do that, to impress themselves and to just live their wildest dreams because we're all capable of it. And, you know, like I said in the very beginning, know that it's going to be scary and there's going to be uncomfortable moments. But what's on the other side of that is unthinkable. You can't even, you can't even imagine how beautiful it is. What's waiting for you. Mm -hmm. If you just go for it, you Mm -hmm. go for your dreams. Yeah. There is so much beauty in this world. And the saddest thing is to watch people be too scared to go out and see it. Your story of going out to Bali with the intention of being there for two months. And then the life that you had built for four years crumbling the day that you get there is such an example of the universe knowing what you need more than you know what you need and things happening and aligning in the exact way that they're supposed to like for that to happen when you were in Bali of all places. That's why I created this podcast path to progress is because you need to trust in your path. It's, you know, there are going to be so many growing pains and it's going to hurt like hell, but those growing pains are such learning moments And you just need to let yourself trust that it's going to work out in the exact way that it's supposed to. Haley, you're a perfect example of someone going out and living their dreams in an unconventional way, not letting society tell you what you're supposed to do. I mean, even going to the fact of, you know, society would tell you that you can't go travel because you're a little white girl with blonde hair. And it's the world out there is scary. (laughs) But I respect the hell out of you for doing what you feel calling for and trusting in the world that we live in, seeing the best in humanity and allowing yourself to experience it all. It really is such a beautiful story to watch unfold. And I am incredibly proud of you. Well, thank you so much, Dolly. That means the whole world to me. 
Well, thank you everyone for tuning in. If you want to follow Haley, she is on Instagram at salty underscore gypsy. Her content is motivational and encouraging. And like we said, she runs her own wellness coaching company. And that is what all of her content is about. So if you're looking to join a path of a healthier lifestyle, I can't think of, or if you're looking to go out and travel and you need somebody to to give you a little nudge in that direction to feel inspired to do it, I can't think of anybody better for you to follow than Haley. Haley.